Welcome back to another OU Football Podcast powered by the Norman Transcript. My name is Joe Banner, and joining me today, as always, senior sports columnist Clay Horning. Hey. And to my right is Transcript Sports Editor Tyler Paul Matier. How are you guys doing? We're doing we're doing pretty good. Oklahoma winning fifty two to fourteen over West Virginia. Homecoming weekend all around, but homecoming for us and Kendall. Really not a whole lot to talk about. Other than the fact that a Sooner Schooner flipped over, Jalen Hurts looked like Jalen Hurts again, and the Sooner defense actually held up for four quarters. It was quite the game. Clay, we'll start with you. Yes. I know you're super excited. First quarter. More you, than you know. You First quarter, you were all over this OU secondary for all the pass breakups they were getting. Well, you know what? They only had four in the game, but they got three consecutively. And, and I don't know that they're in position. I mean, I don't know that they were attacked in quite the same way that would have led to them after that point. But anyway, it was a West Virginia three and out in the first quarter. Uh, two throws down the right sideline, identical plays, back to back. And uh, who am I thinking of right now? Uh, Trey Brown breaks both of them up. And then third and 10, other side of the field. And the throw was not as stellar as the first two, which were excellent. But it was there. And uh, Parnell Motley breaks it up. He's in good position. And I just thought when that happened, I, I can't remember three straight pass breakups ever. I can't remember OU playing defense like that on receivers you know, sort of, you know, tight coverage um, in their hip pocket type of thing. I think that Mike Stoops for years fearing an 80-yard pass was uh, was playing contain, was playing back. And so it's just it's just a sea change. And, and to get bang, 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 three in a row like that, it just demonstrated how big the sea change was. And then the way they talked about it afterwards is because – uh, Alex Grinch was like, "Why aren't those interceptions?" And uh, so it's just, it's just the whole world has changed. Mentality shift is taking place in Norman, and it was quite interesting how many times I feel like we catch ourselves this year thinking, "Wow, that's the first time OU's defense has done X, Y, and Z in you know like 20 years," and it continues to happen with this group and offensively i mean it's kind of business as usual um tyler i don't even know what you wrote about but i'm going to ask you anyway about the offense because i do feel like the offense had kind of after the last week going up i think that texas defense is probably better than we give them credit for in the way that they contained ou but i'm curious your thoughts on this just this game as a whole so was the question about the offense or the game as a whole (laughs) uh game as a whole it's just a blowout i mean more great things from Oklahoma's defense, as Clay alluded to. Still no turnovers, which is an issue. Uh, and I, it is I th- here's why I think it's an issue. It could have cost them last week to go to lose the the turnover margin two to two to nothing to Texas. It legitimately could have lost them the game. Like, yeah, the offense did turn it over twice, but it, you know it could. They need to they need to find a way to come up with turnovers since that does seem to be the emphasis, the the foundation of the whole defense. But they they're still so much better to hold West Virginia to 242 yards is pretty crazy. Even though West Virginia hasn't been very good offensively this year, um, it was a ve- it was just a complete game. You get your first special teams touchdown of the season if you're OU. Uh, you're that felt you, like a turnover. I mean, I, what I is all this turnover saying, equation thing? People keep trying to to equate like sacks to turnovers. What a turnover is a turnover. Yeah, I know. 
I don't think fourth quarter or fourth down, uh, stopping on fourth down as a turnover, as uh, Lincoln Riley has said. But, uh, you know, scoring without your offense taking the field feels I, – I know what statistically it's not, but, you know, yeah. I'm that's just a big deal. I'm just hesitant to throw them a bone. Like, they've been very serious. And I'm I, – before I say this, I fully acknowledge that the defensive turnaround here has been stark and impressive. But they also really preach turnovers. And it hasn't happened, and I think it's it's okay to to wonder why that hasn't happened for them yet. Um, but you, uh, yeah, no, the special teams, defense, offensive performance, all, that whole, uh, you know, all three kind of working in concert. That's what Lincoln Riley has been wanting to build with the hiring of Shane Beamer as your tenth uh, assistant coach a couple years ago, and putting your more talented players on special teams where in the past, I don't think that was the case putting, putting your starters and talented guys there that's starting to pay off for them. And then Jalen hurts day. was just out of this world. A crazy bounce back from last week. Uh, went 15 of 16, I believe 16 to 17, 16 to 17. And, um, 308.1, I think, or maybe 308 and a half, but anyway, 308 something, uh, pass efficiency highest he's ever had as a collegian, is the highest uh, in the nation this season uh broke a school record at ou so i mean you can't do a whole lot better than they did today very impressive tell you a couple other defensive things that uh did not i mean these are big deals they have uh forced punts on uh the first possession first defensive possession every uh game this season which is uh you know we see it week to week and it doesn't really dawn on us but that's pretty crazy and they have uh allowed 20 or fewer points in five of six games and 16 or fewer in four of six games i mean they've allowed 14 points in three games this is uh you couldn't ask for anything more especially given where they've been do you fear alex grinch is just working his way into a mid-major head coaching job and this season's just a one-stop blip for him because I'm, I'm curious. I don't mean to depress OU fans right now, but the way that he's taken this defense and completely turned it around, you've got to think that this is more than just some guy that's come in and has kind of changed the scheme, but he seems like a rising star. No, he's got it. He's got – I mean, whatever it is in defensive coaching, excuse me, he has it. And there's something about, and I'll tell you something else, that uh, Radley Hiles might have only said, well, there are a couple other people around us, but uh, Brendan Radley Hiles uh, talking about if, you, if you're going to play for him, you got to be a man because you're going to get constructive criticism. And then when he finished, I said something like, and, and you guys want that, right? And he said a couple things, and he said, well, you know, we know, we know he loves us, so it's all right with us. I mean, and that's sort of everything if you know they're on your side. And he said constructive criticism, and I take him at his word on that. He didn't say screaming, blithering idiot criticism, of which we might imagine might be the neighborhood Mike Stoops would walk into sometimes. So, you know, he has their respect, and they listen, and he's putting them out. In some ways, he's putting them out there and giving them a chance to fail, which is more than Mike Stoops was doing so often, playing playing back, playing hands-off, playing unaggressively. I mean, as though it could have been so much worse when only about you know 10 teams in the country were playing worse defense than OU. So, anyway, 
he's he's got it and for it's a lot of the same guys it's these guys could play they were not being reached i think that's clear and now they're confident they're unafraid and and they like who they're playing for i bring all this up just because it feels like ou's got this amazing probably intersection of careers between lincoln riley and alex grinch they could both be gone next season (laughs) dallas cowboys keep at their current rate you might be right but it's just something be the head coach here next season (laughs) it's just something there it's just something you gotta be you gotta maybe cherish i guess as an ou fan that you have these two people in place that this doesn't happen everywhere in oklahoma what riley's done bring in you know and you mentioned shane beamer tyler you mentioned shane beamer being on staff and the changes special teams wise i mean stuff like that what Braden willis's Braden willis's blocked punt and you know it's that ga- the game's out of hand but the fact that they're making more special teams plays that i think they've had three blocked punts um last three seasons yeah. i think it was the note they handed out and so they the fact that they're doing something different that can maybe be a game changer down the line is special and they've got a guy like alex grinch who once again just the fact that they kept west virginia to 14 and you look at that kansas game where they won 45 to 20 but that easily could have been a game where oklahoma keeps them under that 20 point threshold um and to get it here is is even more impressive because i thought west virginia coming in offensively and you saw it from the first few plays of the game that they can move the ball and just it kind of I don't know what went into the play calling. It felt like at times uh, the Mountaineers would stick with kind of one variation of one play and they would keep attacking and attacking and they were really just – it was a weird strategy overall by, by West Virginia. I do think, though, that at the end of the day, OU's defense, when they were getting kind of, you know, hit in the face, they responded. You know, they when they were getting um, – when West Virginia's offense was moving, they made some big plays and – I think just it, it's just so strange to me that we are here in week eight and we're still talking about how the good the defense is. I, Until I, it's bad, we're going to talk. It'll be next season uh, when we're like, yeah, well, yeah, the defense was the defense, yeah, because it's we can't. And and to, about on that topic, we still it's like I want the opportunity to say, okay, I'm not asking you to trash Mike Stoops, but but what I'm asking you to tell me is what what you know tell me where you guys were in your head last year where were your coaches failing to reach you where um you know you thought you were playing hard you believed you were playing hard you believed you're doing everything you could but now given this season what was missing and i just it's i want to be educated i want to know how things go awry as it went awry under that regime they're never going to answer that question though and for, uh, they might, given for, a little distance, a little more distance. I feel like it's within good reason for them to avoid that subject of saying, like, yeah, like Mike Stoops, basically. You can tell me off the record. I mean, I, I just want to, I just, just want to understand know. football, you know, and, and how it can just go bad. <laughs> I'd love to understand football on the level that some. I, th- I feel like of my fault. Like I, I tweeted because some of the stuff that, and, and maybe it's more apparent to people who invest into looking into the X's and O's of of football and can know these schemes a lot better than I ever could. But like on that first touchdown that Jalen Hurts had to Jeremiah Hall, there was no one within 10 yards of Jeremiah Hall. And maybe that's just a matter of him probably not coming up on the scouting report too often. I mean, he's been kind of, I I think maybe Tyler tweeted this, but you know, talked about Jeremiah Hall is becoming 
Lee Morris and the fact that he keeps catching touchdowns. I'm going to give you credit, Tyler. You're shaking your head right now. But he's becoming Lee Morris in that he doesn't get a lot of catches, but when he does, he scores. And on that play design, just it's incredible to me. But then there's people in my Twitter mentions, you know, basically saying, like, well, they're doing this, this, and this. And it's insane to me. And what, what Lincoln Riley does offensively just continues to, to be really good. You would think at some point, and this is a new West Virginia coaching staff, but you would tend to think at some point that they get challenged more and more because they see Lincoln Riley's offense. You've seen that with kind of Chip Kelly and what he did because we all thought he was this great offensive innovator. And now him at UCLA, everyone knows what he runs. But Lincoln Riley continues to just keep hitting it out of the park and well, keep being innovative. If you realize uh, that uh, that this all began under Mike Leach at Texas Tech in uh, you know set two years after – um, you know, it was that seven and five original season for Bob Stoops, in which Mike Leach was the offense coordinator here at Oklahoma, and then went to Tech. If I mean, it all started with that. But if you remember those games, I mean, he literally, eh, almost literally, never ran the ball, and it's like I think Lincoln. It's that's still the base, but he's just done all kinds of things with it. And so he never quit evolving. You know, it, it's it's always in flux with him. And I think there are, uh, I don't know if the word is parameters or tenets. I'm struggling for the right word. But, you know, there, there's something at the base of it that's unchanging. But he does all kinds of things within it and finds a way to teach it. Well, let me bring you two homers back down to earth here. Uh, West Virginia, this is the third time this year that they haven't reached the 200-yard mark on offense so i don't know that this is you mean 300 or you mean 200 i mean 200 well they I reached mean, 200 they reached 242 that well oh, you're saying two uh, other uh, times they didn't reach 200 well I, well I guess what i'm saying is the third i'm saying twice this year they have not reached 200 yards total offense yeah well they were horrendous to begin the season <laughs> were they both were they the first two weeks of this year first three weeks I, I horrible I horribly after undressing you guys and just your your <laughs> horrible uh biases um I said that terribly but so let me say it again twice West Virginia has not reached 200 yards of total offense this year they're not very what good. games were those? against Missouri and against Iowa State. Now, against Iowa State, they didn't have Austin Kendall for most of that game. But based on what I saw from Austin Kendall today, I don't know that that matters. There is zero chance that Austin Kendall was about to beat Kyler Murray out of the quarterback competition here last year. <laughs> and if, if we learned anything today, it was that. And I mean that in all respect. But I'm just – it's I mean, everybody saw it who was here. I, I don't think West Virginia is a very good football team. And I'm not sure well, – they were so I'm not sure OU's schedule has been very hard. You're not sure – you're not sure what? I'm not sure OU's schedule has been very difficult. Well, I that's that's like saying I'm not sure the Big 12 is particularly difficult, and Houston's not that good. I mean, but that's exactly I think that may I'm be saying. right. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, so, I mean, it, this has all been great. They're blowing people out in impressive fashion. But I think if anything, you know, with, with, with their defensive performances, take that into account. This was a really bad offensive team that played, at this, that, that played here today. Well, but they, they have done worse against – bad offensive teams before i'm fine with i mean no i don't i don't disagree with any of that but i mean you still gotta you still gotta play who you're playing homers (laughs) 
They, they, they can't give up negative yards. Tyler just coming in hot today, calling <laughs> everyone. He's got to calm you guys down, keep you in check. That was getting gross. I mean, I thought, I thought when you guys were about to jump out of the press box here and just go eat grass. I'm just kidding. Man, I wrote something. I've never I seen the side of what it was, but I wrote something within the last uh, week or so. No, no, my my pregame column for this game was uh, I th- what? Oh God, I'm not sure if that's what it, we write so much stuff. But it was taking a look at the conference. Clay does not have Lincoln Riley's mind oh, yeah. or memory. This isn't the old Big Twelve. <laughs> this is this is the so-so Big Twelve. This is, I mean the old Big Twelve. There were unranked teams that could take you down. There, there's some bad teams in this conference. That Throw is true. Throw out the records. I'm just saying that at times, West Virginia looked like they could move the ball a little bit. And they put up some points on Texas. That's all I'm saying, okay? They've looked all right. And, yeah, they had a bad game against Missouri and a bad game against a good Iowa State defense. I'm just saying. I don't know how they put up, four- I don't know how they put up 463 yards against Texas. That might be the biggest – that might be the strangest thing about their stats this year, that, that somehow they did that. Well, but. I think they kind of came to life after some bad two, three weeks to begin the season, and then uh, Kendall gets hurt, and they're not good. But uh, I, I don't think they're horrendous. Um, but as an average, because they had that rough start, I, they look pretty bad. So I guess we'll see what they do offensively going forward, and we probably won't circle back, but whatever. Did uh did anyone ask Lincoln? I was I was in the West Virginia post game. Did anyone ask Lincoln Riley? Uh, so Kendall in that competition. I know you bring up the Kyler Mert. I know that wouldn't be actually be asked, but I did think this was a weird game. The fact that if Kendall comes out and plays lights out, puts up a lot of yards, puts up a lot of points, Lincoln can just go to the post game pressers like, yeah, that's the quarterback we recruited. You know, we we knew it all along. And, but if they, you know, if he looks bad, you just kind of hope that you avoid that topic. Yeah, it would have been in poor taste to to bring that up, and I know you, you agree. I don't think that. I mean, it would have been. It would not have been. Yeah, it would have been awkward, and um, it was a little weird. I mean, you know, he didn't play great. I think we were all kind of wondering if he'd have like a huge day, and he didn't. He was also not a hundred percent. I would. I well, guess he wasn't hundred percent. The coolest two- thing of the whole day was watching him afterwards talk and hug all of his teammates like i mean casey gundy caitlin riley you name it charleston rambo i didn't realize he and charleston rambo were as close as they were because they were on the scout team together and he's legitimately friends with all these guys so reading all that joe that's what your your story is about for tomorrow is that that is authentic i i didn't know if it was gonna be like a chilly reception between the two there's none of that i i, I really believe that there's no bitterness it's not just them putting on a show it's it was that was cool to watch the only you know? false move in the whole ordeal was Lincoln Riley's which he originally which he eventually pulled back from the not wanting him to be immediately eligible I was gonna say I mean that that's the one kind of bump in that whole saga of him leaving OU but if you were on the field and you saw the reception that he had like you mentioned you know he Lincoln Riley's about to do a TV interview on Fox and he kind of tells them to wait because he wants to you know have this moment with austin kendall and kendall was you know just being you know got all this support got all this love from his former teammates i think it was jordan parker that was screaming 2016 and i think that was in reference to the 2016 scout team that he was on that he was a part of kendall was a part of and kenneth murray had i think the coolest story he said he, i guess kenneth murray you you got this in your story but kenneth murray the whole game was chatting him up like 
talking trash, but you saw how hard Kenneth Murray hit him that one time. I mean, he sacked the crap out of Austin Kendall and then, like, helped him up. Ah, it's just, you know, sports. That's what it's about. <laughs> That's why college sports are cool. Well, and, like, it, it, it's it's if, one... If we can get homers like you guys out of the games. Yeah, that's me. Oh, I Homer. just thought it was interesting the way that, like, that he was agreed. I mean, it wasn't like a Kevin Durant situation. There was literally fans as he was walking to the tunnel to the locker room. There were fans literally, you know, cheering him, clapping him, uh, clapping for him. And it seemed like it was a pretty warm uh, homecoming for him. And, you know, they lose 52-14 to 14 and... Post game, uh, his post game availability, he did though, and you know he he seemed just at peace with everything. Like he seemed so fine. And like like you said, like he's dealing with an injury right now. And uh, Neil Brown brought up, he's just like, I don't think that's as good as he's thrown before. And you even kind of, I don't know if it was try, intentionally trying to throw his team under the bus, but he said something to the effect of like, we haven't put the right talent around Kendall. And like you know. It's, Today wasn't. Uh, today should not be an indictment on his skill level, and that we believe that Kendall can be a lot better than that. But um, it was just. It was a strange day because stuff like this comes around, and you always think there's going to be some bad blood. Obviously, with Baker Mayfield, and when he went to Lubbock, Texas, it was there were T-shirts made, and there was um, a big ordeal about it. But this was so much different. Um, but OU coming out with this win, and it was funny you know you mentioned kenneth murray i mean is kenneth murray is he kind of the runaway favorite to be big 12 defensive player of the year? i know he was the preseason one but i don't feel like there's any other choice right now he is playing just this incredible seat and i know you're gonna say homer but kenneth murray continues to be a problem for offenses i, I would thoroughly agree with that. i'm only half joking when i say that but i i do think there's a there's a blend of this defense deserving a lot of its due, which it deserves a lot of credit. And then somewhere in between there, there has to be a couple break They played pumps. two good games last season, arguably. It, and they were both – they were the two games after Mike left. And then it was – they were as horrible as ever, you know, the rest of the way, uh, at least until the Big 12 title game. So, I mean, the – Clay Kenneth Even, Murray is Clay is Kenneth Murray yeah. an All Big Twelve linebacker at this point in your opinion? Well, sure. Is he I an All American? Is he a first team All American? Well, he probably he probably is if OU continues to play this defense. If he's the best player on, arguably the best. De- are we going to say this? The best defense in the Big Twelve, or if he's the best player on uh, the best team in the Big Twelve, which has a good defense, it will be hard to you know lock him out of all american status and whatnot i mean that that i that i know the three guys he would have to beat out for one of those honors i don't is he the second best player in the big 12 behind jalen hurts at this point well that's interesting because i was about to introduce the how good is jalen hurts anyway question because i think that Lincoln Riley is is able to play with other defenses. I just think he's so far ahead of the game because I think Baker, notwithstanding the interceptions he's thrown in the NFL this season, but I think Baker was maybe even a significantly better quarterback than Kyler Murray, but they were, but I, but they were similarly effective playing under Lincoln Riley. I think Kyler Murray is uh, probably a little bit better quarterback got to build a team around somebody than Jalen Hurts but again they're similarly effective playing for Lincoln Riley so I 
I wonder if uh, it's uh, Jalen Hurts intangibles, which I have so much glee making fun of um, at, at some level. I make fun of what he says. I'm not making fun of his intangibles, but you know what I mean. If his intangibles are not more valuable to this team than just what what he's able to do on the field, because I'm not sure. I, 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 don't, I think he's a tremendous college quarterback. I don't know if he's in that great one of the best three or four quarterbacks in the nation. I don't know that, but I mean, but he certainly has the numbers, numbers to suggest be. he's having that kind of a yeah, season. It, well, he is having that kind of a season, but you know, I'm a Heisman voter and I, if, if, if it just looks this easy the whole time, I don't know that I can give him all the credit for it because <laughs> it looks too easy. And, and that's, I mean, that's a judgment call. That's, pure uh what's there, uh, that's that's just my objective thought i'm not saying i'm right but i mean it seems like what you're saying is that jalen hurts is a system quarterback yes <laughs> well i think you can say that all three have been i mean look look at what they've done in terms of pass efficiency uh baker has the two most pass efficient seasons i think back to back in college football well since they've kept that stat uh history and then kyler uh i think does him one better and i'm pretty sure that though jalen entered the game second to uh to the uh, lsu quarterback joe burrow yeah even though uh jalen entered the game second in pass efficiency i believe both their numbers are above what kyler and baker and have done in the past so it's it's almost this finding new ways to just be an amazing offensive team so yeah they're all system quarterbacks but you know but we look for those plays or those moments where you you say i saw something there that is not system or no system whatever i saw something fantastic there that is all about that player and i just think i saw that from baker more than i've i've seen it from anybody else i'll say this much i'm not saying you're wrong mm-hmm. i'm not sure if you're right i'm not sure if i'm right or wrong i mean the, i think i'm if just you, doing my best here man and i'm not trying to be overly mean to the guy but i think if you throw tanner mordecai in there probably the same results aren't happening because there's a lot to jalen hurts's game that i think the running he, game isn't happening the, the running, but i'll bet if, if jalen i mean i'll bet it's i'll bet the passing game's pretty close possibly and you know what we've seen it's probably not fair to mordecai because he gets in these situations where it's not like lincoln riley's got to dial up a must-have play and he's playing with backups so maybe that's unfair to him but i just i think at the end of the day kyler murray being a former five-star guy uh, baker is obviously a bit of an anomaly as far as just being a walk-on at two different places and probably didn't get the attention that he thought he would get out coming out of high school but turned out to be pretty good and he's not having a great nfl season um but jalen hurts it's just been for what he adds it's just it's a different re- what he can do is a different wrinkle and maybe that's lincoln riley taking advantage of what jalen hurts can offer but i think i mean i think so and oh, i think he deserves all the credit that comes his way i mean the throw to lee and, morris and was, i don't disagree with that despite what i just said yeah I mean, and he's, the, he's the still throw to lee it. morris was not i don't care what system you're in like he dropped that word right where you needed to. And then, you know, the run over here where he, you know, he juked a defensive end and then threw him aside kind of with his 
arm. I mean, he's got strength that makes him effective in the run game that's unique, kind of like a Colin Klein um, at size and speed. So I, he's an impressive football player. We haven't touched on really what kind of stole the show of the whole day, which was the Sooner Schooner just taking a dive. And that that really shook me for a little while today. I Not because I had to stop really watching the game to kind of write a little bit about it, and it for the newspaper. But, I mean, one second you're sitting there, Hurts, speak the devil, has just run into the end zone on a two-yard touchdown run. Then I look up. I didn't even see the accent, but there's just like – pearl snap shirts all over the field and looked like a wreck on the Oregon Trail. The Oregon Trail reference is a first for this podcast. But anyway, um, it was scary. I kept looking, how can I be sure that nobody's horribly hurt? And then, you know, if you guys pick up the schooner, kind of carry it off the field and people applaud, I'm like, well, certainly people aren't applauding for them carrying it off. If hey, Clay, people could, with broken, could, could you talk into your mic? If people with broken necks are down here on the field. So I was, uh, yeah, it was weird. It was, it, was a, it was a weird moment. And a young woman who was sitting, uh, on, there were two man woman I think I don't know who was controlling the reins but she was sitting on the right and she was thrown further than anybody and I've even seen one replay where somebody said somebody tell me somebody ran to that she probably said girl but I mean college student young woman whatever but somebody tell me she was attended to and I don't know that anybody ran to her immediately and I haven't seen the the it sort of be carried out an extra 30 seconds to see how quickly those who were thrown got up. It was fairly quick. That part I was kind of... I will say, um, it wasn't like somebody just... There's fireworks going off out here for some reason. The roughnecks are still here. Yeah. um, It wasn't like people rushed to her immediately. I think everybody was a little stunned at first, but some people did gather around her, and she was kind of helped off by some people, but she was mostly fine. I think she was... From up here, it looked like she was scared. Nobody even got up limping. They all just seemed no, to get up what stunned. What I was impressed with, and I, we can all laugh about it a little bit now, not laugh, but because nobody was hurt, I mean, Kenneth Murray kind of chuckled at this afterward. Like, when he was asked about it, he was like, I mean, it was like, that was insane. But uh, I was impressed. Just the wagon, the schooner comes apart, and it was almost like they had a protocol for the spirit squad comes out and lifts and carries off the covered part of the wagon almost like it was a drill like a fire drill and they just carried it off the field so honorably sort of like it was a like a wounded soldier yeah <laughs> and and then the the rest of it was down there i don't remember who carried that off but it's quite a sight to see just the whole thing and the wreck was that was it a was violent a wreck. wreck it was yeah. joe did you see it I uh no, <laughs> I feel like you're so our mic setup isn't the best. And for a second, I felt like you were a TV news reporter, like asking me as like a bystander, just like uh, sir, what are your thoughts on the wreck? And I'm just off to the side, just like eh, I saw it. Um, but it was um yeah, it wasn't good. And it's kind of crazy how easily and you. And I feel like I'm giving you proper credit for this at least because I know I gave you proper or I gave you credit for a tweet you did not post. But gonna leave it at that. But there were some like falls on this field it rained last night in norman seemed like the field was a little bit slippery and i don't know if like there was a sharp turn that the the ponies took that they weren't supposed to take but that seemed to maybe play into it tipping over and 
it was just it was wild and I'm, I'm i'm so glad that everyone was okay because looking at the replay of it um the the little sis that was on was that on the schooner she honestly and i don't i don't know what kind of training she has or if it's part of the protocol you mentioned um but it looked like she was trained like if this she took over, a bump as they well, say in pro wrestling well, no but she kept like her she kept like she rolled really like it was almost like you said like there was some type of like hey if it tips over this is what you do and she rolled really well to avoid like her head did not hit the turf and i i used turf properly yes um, that because turf is grass anyway that's a little inside joke between between me and clay anyway but yeah no it was wild uh pita is now involved which is just they they tweeted a uh they they tweeted at OU. they tweet they they tagged ou football in a tweet and if you haven't seen it yet it is a uh, it a a strong strong statement from the p the people well, you people. find it can i offer something of course i noticed a rut between and i just looked right now it's not there now but before that happened, between the 10 and the 15-yard line, where I, it almost looked like uh, the, the half moon atop a soccer penalty box. You did mention that. But, yeah. uh, but a real rut that must have been worn there by a previous schooner uh, earlier in the day uh, after an OU score. And so I think the field was soft, and maybe those wheels dug in and just did not uh, turn as you know like like they're supposed to but i will say this the the inside horse making that turn turned sharply more sharply than uh his or her counterpart did not notice if the horse was male or female but uh yeah i've got the tweet not a scapegoat but a scape horse i've got the tweet from from (laughs) pita breaking oklahoma's horse-drawn sooner schooner they put hashtag sooner schooner for some reason um, Oklahoma's horse-drawn Sooner Schooner wagon tipped over, launching Spirit Squad members onto the field. Exploiting animals for sport is unnecessary and incredibly dangerous for animals and humans. Is Pete against at, horse racing? At OU Football, keep horses off the field. And keep horses off the field, by the way, people, was in all caps. So, a strong, strong statement. They even attached the video to it, which, just a nasty fall looking at it over again. But yeah, the really glad that no one got hurt and obviously social media kind of had a field day with it and that's tell prob- you what somebody did get hurt that would likely be i mean really hurt would likely be the end of the sooner schooner as a participatory thing and uh i wanted to come right back to the schooner if you want but uh one up uh, my I, I was one comment short on our quarterback talk and that is that one thing that Jalen Hurts has not had to face is overcoming a horrendous defense, which Baker and Kyler both did. Which is, I mean, it was on. They were under so much pressure weekly because their defense couldn't stop anybody. So anyway, there. Enough of that. No, that's those are both. Fe- that's a feather in uh, both Mayfield and Maurice caps. I do want to go back to the schooner thing and Peta. Peta is more concerned. The horses were not phased by this. I don't even humans, know if they went down. Humans were in danger. I mean, I get. I I said at halftime, I was like, Peta is going to tweet before the day's over. Yeah. I mean, I don't know that that's that great of a prediction. Like, this is what they do. Really and, spicy take there, Tyler. Yeah, but like, it, especially something that's on national television. It's just, that's kind of that's just readily available on Twitter for them to grab and tweet. Pretty easy. But I'm just saying. 
people were almost hurt. I just that's what I find so strange about PETA. People were thrown to the ground and looked injured, and they were like, "Keep horses off the." F no, they didn't say anything. What did I miss? No. Launching spirit squad members onto the field. Is that the part that you're talking about? Next, next, next sentence. Exploiting animals for sports is un... Oh, and humans. And humans. Okay, well, official apologies to PETA. <laughs> the transcript. Uh, PETA, please accept the transcripts. Sports department's official apology. <laughs> I was still... Shook, and I'm going to be haunted by the first pin tweet on your profile, which is of this pig. I'm not even going to repeat it. I'm horrified. Anyways, I've taken us off the rails with this chariot talk. Um, Joe's making light of my off the rails. Uh, wasn't no pun intended. No pun intended. Uh, I. I don't really have any big parting thoughts from this other than I think Oklahoma looks really good. I mean, another weekend, another test. I feel like they're still flush in the mix of being a national championship contender. I think they're going to have to slip up really bad the rest of the way to lose a game, uh, maybe at least before the Big 12 championship. Oklahoma State and their loss to Baylor does not look good. That's a that's always a toss-up with it being a rivalry game, but I, Oklahoma State is – this isn't with Mason Rudolph in 2017. And then the game to Baylor, though, could be dicey. Yeah, I, I agree with that, and uh, I just – but, like, they're playing in a way that – like, I think Iowa State's a good team. I think they're also playing, you know, better now than they were at the beginning of the season. But that's the kind of game that OU could really be challenged and win 48-24. I, I mean, and we walk away talking about how good Iowa State is even while they double them up. So I think that's where OU is, and I think there's a very good chance we'll exit the Big 12 title game even and going, all we really know is they're that much better than the Big 12. We don't really know how they stack up, but here they are, so I guess we're going to find out. I, I see that as their future. It'll be interesting how these next few weeks play out. As you mentioned, I'm, I'm excited for the Baylor game. I'm excited for that game in Waco. Oklahoma was challenged there two years ago when Baylor was really bad. And this game in 2019, I think, will be a lot of the same. I think it's going to come down to who can pull away in the fourth quarter. And Baylor looks good. Matt Rule's got that program in a really good place. But, I mean, this is, this is Lincoln Riley putting Oklahoma kind of in a position where I'm not going to say they're on the level of Alabama or Clemson, but they're beating the teams that they should beat by a lot, and they're look they're, they're making other they're making inferior teams look that way as opposed to allowing a guy. And you know, once again, I feel like I say this every week, but you have these offenses that aren't OU's offenses that have put up so many you know big yards and points on OU's defense. They're finally playing the part of a team that is consistently in the college football playoff, and you have another Heisman contender in Jalen Hurts. Not a big day for C.D. Lamb, by the way. It didn't feel like. Nah, but it's 23 yards a catch or whatever it was. You know. It was three for 71, I think. Did he have a touchdown? Glenn? No. Well, I just feel like the offense right now um, between the skill players is so well spread out. It's really hard. Like what C.D. Lamb did last week makes that look even better because it's hard to stand out as a skill player with the way they spread it around. And it's it, like the backs aren't getting as many carries because Hurts runs more and they throw to a lot of different receivers. I almost feel like every Hertz carry is a throw 
guys before him would have made. I mean, because he's he, it's he's this wrinkle, Man, so they he, don't have to throw you it quite Clay as a much. Homer, now he's just hating all he, over the Sooners. No, he's they don't have to throw it as much because of what he does in the run game, and because they don't have to throw it as much, there's not as much to go around. There, I mean, I was going to say the the one thing that is maybe probably not too pressing to OU, but I do wonder how this affects. Like, I mean, Trey Sermon's still not really in, in the mix, but you've got a lot of guys with all how it's spread out. Just like, what are you going to put on film for NFL teams to to see if it's just this spread across the board where anyone can make a big play? And maybe that's not something that Lincoln Riley thinks about too much on a week to week basis or how he draws up a play, but. It does feel like they've got so many options that you're going to see a lot of guys with pretty similar stats at the end of the season. Other than you know, CeeDee Lamb's probably going to end up still being a, th- a thousand yard receiver and what and whatnot. But and Kennedy Brooks, I thought oh, I can't feel like we can't end this podcast without mentioning Kennedy Brooks had a really good day. Um, the offensive line, I mean, Jalen Hurts got sacked on that first drive, but other than that, they held up really well and made a, I think a lot of really good plays for Jalen Hurts in, in pass protection as well as opening up holes for guys like Kennedy Brooks and Ramondre Stevenson. So um, I don't really have anything else left. Do you guys, any other parting no, thoughts? No, they're good. They're, they're, they're way ahead of schedule defensively. I think they're merely on schedule offensively, which is plenty. I mean, a strange stat. They uh, Three straight games, they have not eclipsed 600 yards of offense, which, like, why would we expect that from them? But they did it the first four games of the season. So they're just, they're just sort of rolling. That's just sort of who they are offensively. And defensively, we're, we're seeing it happen in real time. I would just like to, again, express my apologies to PETA. <laughs> Other than that... Uh, We'll see you all next time. Thanks for joining us. Thanks again, everyone, for listening to another OU Football Podcast powered by the Norman Transcript. Another OU Football Podcast is available on all major podcast platforms. So whether you're listening on Stitcher, Google Play, Spotify, or Apple Podcasts, you should be able to find us. If you do use Apple, we'd appreciate it if you left us a five-star rating and a review. It helps us tremendously and gets the word out about the show. Thank you once again for making us a part of your day, and we'll hope you'll tune in again for the next episode. On behalf of the Transcript Sports staff, my name is Joe Bettner, and we will catch you next time.